0: You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by At St. Louis Acura, here on clavesonline.com The fun and games start
1: after this. St. Louis Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars arriving daily, like the all-new 2023 Acura Integra. We also have a great selection of over 200 pre-owned and factory precision courtesy vehicles with finance rates as low as 1.9% for 36 months with approved credit and we've added saturday service hours to our newly renovated service facility don't forget we'll buy your vehicle here at our dealership or from the convenience of your home st louis acura better than ever for you
2: the weekend just got more entertaining it's weekend joe On Klabe's Online, driven by Munganast, St. Louis Acura. Hear from some of the big names in St. Louis and national sports every weekend. And now, here's Joe Roderick and me. I'm Andy Hanselman.
0: And welcome on to another episode of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura, Munganas Alton, Toyota, here on Clavesonline.com It's the postseason edition of the, uh, of the show, and hopefully many more weeks of the postseason edition of the show. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andrew, hello. Joseph, hello. Happy October, happy playoff baseball time. Andy, I know this is a uh, this is an audio podcast, not a visual podcast like many of our much of our content here on Claves Online. But it, it looks uh, did you get your ears lowered? I did. I just went. I did too. I went and got my hair cut today. Yeah, I got my hers.
2: Did yeah. But there's a uh, there's a new barber shop in town. Oh, and, uh, I love it. It's a great place. It's very different though than what I'm used to, Joe. Yeah. Um. It's, I don't know how to put it. It's uh, it's an African-American barbershop. Okay. And,
0: you know, living in the metro. Like, the, like the movie Barbershop uh, featuring Cedric, the entertainer from East St. Louis. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Or like yeah. uh, from the movie, uh, from the movie, Welcome to America, where, uh, where, where it's Eddie Murphy and, um, and our city hall in yes. various characters. That's correct. Yeah. It's a great place. Nothing like, uh, the first time I was in there was kind of a culture shock, but now I've, uh, I've grown to love it. Nice. I just, I, I just went to, went down the street to the local chain, to the local chain haircut place. The, uh, the chain haircut place has left me with bumps on the back of my neck. So I uh, don't uh, go there anymore. I, I mean, it's a pretty simple process for me. The, the, the regular girls that work there, they are well aware of me growing my hair out and, uh, have been along with me for the entire process and, Every now and then one will be like, is, is today the day? And I'm like, no, no, I'm like, I'm going to come in here. It's going to be a momentous occasion when I, when I walk in and I say, today is the day we are cutting off a foot of hair. We're going to do it. Yeah. So they, they know better. They, they know better. I believe they said it's about uh, 14 inches now from, uh, of, of her. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going, I mean, it's, I want it to be, you know, still down covering my neck when I, when I cut it. So. Still want it to I mean, be nice a and of, slicked back, yeah. Gonna go business in the front, party in the back. Not part, no, 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 no mullets, no mullets. Uh, but, but Andy, yeah, I went and I uh, I got this haircut to uh to look this way for uh for for playoff baseball as we uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Andy. It's uh it's playoff baseball time. And uh, the Cardinals will uh, be starting off. I guess if you're listening to this Thursday night, Friday morning, 107 game Friday, and then a 7:30 yes. game, 7:37 uh, game on Saturday, and uh, and then Sunday TBD. Uh, and then Andy, uh, <clears throat> Saturday, Saturday, I am going to Alton, Illinois, and I am going to pick up a uh, rental Toyota from Munganass, Alton Toyota. Oh wow in hopes that that car will be driven to Hotlanta Sunday night, Monday morning for more playoff baseball. Wow. So you got big plans. I got big plans. I got big plans. Cardinals need to take care of business against the uh, the Phillies and keep this magical season rolling on uh, wow. down there to the defending World Series champions in uh in atlanta so uh very much looking forward to uh to hopefully a very long um long uh october for uh for all of us here in st louis and on the uh on the show annie let me ask you this when uh what was the first cardinal playoff game that you ever attended (sighs) boy
2: i want to say man well, I tell you when it was. It was 1996. Okay. I and mean, it was and it was Game One against the Padres.
0: Gotcha. That was the third the the first round of the NLDS. That's correct.
2: It would have been their first playoff appearance since
0: 1987.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody had some field box seats that they uh, that they gave to me. I took my neighbor, uh, Andrew Resnick, uh, who would have been about 10 years old, 10 or 11 at the time. Yeah. I was. 19. or uh, yeah, 19. <clears throat> and uh and Chris Berman was on the call for the game. Oh, nice. And I'm standing down in the field boxes. I'm looking up at the press box, which is right above, you know, pretty much right right above the Loge level there, not very far away. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him and he he makes eye contact. Everybody's looking up at him too. And and I, I think he waves at me and I wave back, and then everybody waves uh I know I waved at him first and he waved at me, and then everybody else waved back at him. Oh, nice! You shared a yeah. moment. So I shared a moment with Chris Berman. That's nice. Yeah. He's a large. He's a large guy. Well, I think he's like, hey, there's another large guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I mean, no,
0: hand. like I maybe mean, he's, I, Andy. I mean, he is taller than you are. Is he really? I think. I mean, the times that I have been in the uh, in the presence of a uh, boomer, I mean, he is six five, Andy. Huh. According to Tim. the Google, he is six five. Tim Kirchen, not six five. No, no, no. Tim Kirchen on a good day might be five five. Yeah. The
2: the Google says if you if you Google Chris Berman Height, it says six five, the right below it says Tim kirchin five yeah. five.
0: And, and what is um what, what is Ken Rosenthal? Oh, Ken throat also not a tall gentleman. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal also says five five.
2: Aaron Andrews taller than Ken Rosenthal.
0: Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Andrews, Andrews is tall. I just I, I asked that because uh, I asked that because Hudson will uh, is going to the uh, going to the Cardinal games this, oh, uh, this weekend, and uh, I just I I told him I already already told him that I said you lucky bastard, and I was like you're you're nine years old and you're getting to go to this. Yep. And I was like neat. I don't think I don't think I went to my first playoff baseball game. I think. I want to say in two thousand eleven. I think in the uh, in the NLCS against the Brewers. Is that what they played the Brewers in that NLCS?
2: Yes, they did.
0: If that was yeah. If that was the oh, was uh, that
2: 2013 they played the Brewers in, in the NLCS.
0: Well, no, they played them in third. They played them in eleven. Yeah, they played that them in crazy. eleven. It was uh, yeah. They won seven to one. That was because it, it was game five that I uh, that I went to. Okay, in that one. God, they just railroaded the Brewers in that uh, in that series. In
2: 2001, I went to a division series game at Bush Stadium against the Arizona Diamondbacks. hmm I don't think it was game five. May have been game two or game four. But my again again, another friend had given us had given me and my buddy some seats. And this is the time when they had they had kind of done some some spiffying up of Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. And they added a row on the upper deck that was a and the only thing separating you from falling off was a was a see-through fence. Right. I remember the see-through fence, yes. By far one some of the best baseball seats I've ever had in my life is watching from that perspective. Really? Yes, it was incredibly cool. Because <clears throat> you feel like you felt like you were on the field. Or, like, just, like, hovering right above the field. Yeah. It was really, really cool. And I,
0: I – uh, Albert Pujols was playing left field that game. Mm. That was also another – so, yeah, uh, he and I were at the game on Sunday. Yeah, uh, pretty neat, huh? On On Sunday, watched everything, got there really early, uh, paid a lot more than I, I cared to for parking. And uh, – you know, watched, uh, watched all of the, the pregame ceremonies with the videos and everything, and just the scene, I, I mean, just seeing, and I have talked about this. I know I've talked about this ad nauseum, but I'm going to keep talking about it as long as they continue to, yeah. to allow us to have this ride that we've been on all season long. The fact that when he walked through the gates at Jupiter on that day in March, yes. he Hudson, you know, he's heard the name, but he had no clue what he had done in St. Louis for 11 years of his career. Sure. And now, I mean, he is just on top of everything with it. I mean, he is, he is just locked in on everything that is going on with it. And was so, I mean, just so invested. And I, I know there are just so many stories out there of the, you know, the exact same stories out there where, where, you know, parents are sharing this moment with their kids that, they, they would never have expected a decade ago. And when, when Albert hit that home run, 702, uh, the home run he hit on Sunday, just him jumping into me and just screaming 702, 702. Like, I mean, <laughs> the kid is, the, the kid is just locked in on, on how many he had in his, uh, in his career. How cool and is like, that? I know we're just driving home. And I was just like, and I said to him, I go, you watched a guy today hit his 702nd career home run. I go, you are never, ever going to see that again. You're not ne- like, that is never going to happen in your lifetime again. Where no. so, are a baseball player is going to hit 700 home runs. And I go, you, you got to be there and you got to witness it. They're alive. And, and he was, he was all about too. he was like, I, I want an Albert pool shirt. He goes, I want to, I want a Jersey to wear to the game. He wanted. And I, we went to the team store on Sunday and it was a madhouse. It was, it was crazy. As it, I, uh, you know, I, I was talking to Ben Boyd about this and he said, he went there on Saturday. He goes, you would have thought they were giving away money at the team store for how many people were there buying stuff and, and just getting ready for the postseason run. Yeah. And they did not have youth jerseys there. They didn't have any, oh, wow. but I went there Wednesday afternoon when there was nobody there at yeah. 11 o'clock in the morning. And they had restocked all of their youth jerseys. Is that
2: Cardinals store still open in St. Clair Square?
0: I don't know. I mean, they might have like a team, one of those like just team stores. But I mean, honestly, you want the good stuff. You go, you go to Bush, you go to the team store at Bush and it's, it's easy to park and just walk right in there, right there by the box office. And, but I I walked in and there, there it is a number five, a number five Jersey just sitting there. Wow. And I'm just like, God, I know. And I was just like, I'm like, this is, it really is crazy. That, like, I'm buying my kid this Albert Pujols jersey. Yeah. Like, in 2022, and he's about to be starting in a playoff game this weekend.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's really, really unbelievable to think right. about it. I think that, that, that a kid like Hudson has no idea, you know, what, what we saw on the regular between, you know, between 2000 and, and, and 2011.
0: But the thing is, is that we're, I mean, we've seen that the second half of the season. I mean the second yeah. half of the season damn near has been the Albert Pools that we watched that I mean that our entire you know are, are the first decade
2: damn near pretty close not not quite there but almost
0: I mean you you know what so, at the age of 42 though I will I'll take every every second of it you know yeah absolutely
2: with um even e- even the clutch hitting is there
0: not so much even the home runs the clutch hitting is there right yeah. He's not just hitting home runs. I mean, we just thought, oh, okay, he'll hit home runs. You know, that'll that'll be the Albert that we get. But no, we're I mean, we're yeah, we're getting big time moments.
2: I remember, Go ahead, I remember RBIs. I remember having a conversation around the all-star break with you on this very program. And I think we talked about whether or not you thought Albert was gonna get to seven hundred or not. And I think you said no, that you didn't think at the time that he was going to.
0: Really? Well, I think you did. I think so I have a- I have always been of the notion that if Albert got to, uh, if Albert got within five during that final, the final six games against the Pirates, I thought he was capable of hitting five home runs in six games if the moment came to him.
2: Oh, absolutely, especially yeah. at PNC Park. Right. Without question. so, Andy,
0: following the All Star break, following the All Star break, I'm just going off this. This was July 23rd was the uh, was when they came back from the All Star break to October 4th the final game that he played on uh, on tuesday
2: 17 home runs
0: 18 home runs 18 home runs 56 games 119 of those star or 14 41 of those started so he 56 games 41 of those started 18 home runs 48 RBIs andy hit 323 with a with 715 slugging percentage
2: it's just it's not human for a 42 year old
0: man to be doing that an ops a- of 1.103. 51 hits in the second half of the season yeah that is, it's it's unbelievable and it, I, that's and he is going to be right there in the lineup tomorrow on Friday for this uh for this postseason matchup
2: so before i i uh I, I went out for lunch on Sunday and I came back and I had the game on. So I was, so I was able to rewind to watch the, the ceremony when they rolled out those big, tall things under the blankets. I thought for sure that they were going to be panels
0: that they were going to install into the left field wall. I thought that as well. Yeah. I, those, those were my thoughts too, because they had mentioned at the beginning, they had mentioned about numbers on the wall. They had mentioned, they had mentioned that and I I wonder if it was all three of them, if it was Albert Wainwright and Yachty, if they would have done something like that. If they I maybe mean, there is a, can I cannot imagine a more fitting tribute for two of the greatest cardinals, three of the greatest cardinals, than to just immediately put it up there.
2: If but I guess anybody, they, you, if there's anybody you do it for, it's those three. That's yeah. it. It happens one time.
0: And I, I I would love to know what the thought process was. I don't know if they would ever answer that question. I don't know if it's ever been asked, but I would love to know. Because I, I would imagine that discussion has been had. I would imagine as they were throwing out everything and they were looking at all of the possible ideas for what to do this year, if it was a possible, if they, if it had ever come up, do we put their numbers on the wall now?
2: They have pretty strict criteria that you have to be in the national baseball hall of fame to be on the wall. They do. Which but, I mean,
0: which we have discussed many times over in regards to Adam Wainwright. And
2: Adam Wainwright is probably not going to be in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. He, it's, you know what? He might exhaust all of his votes. Yeah, he will definitely exhaust all of them. I just don't think he ever gets in. I, hate, I I'm not I too- saying that because I hate Adam Wainwright. Or I think he's a terrible pitcher. I just, I, I think that he, he doesn't have the Cy Young Award. Does he have 300 wins? I think he has 300 wins.
0: No, no he doesn't. No. No, not even close. No, not even close
2: to that. I mean there, there's a lot of things going against him going into the baseball Hall of Fame and those are some some magic things that you that you generally have to have to be a starting pitcher to go into
0: the to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's at 195 right now. Oh, so not even close. Right. I wonder because Adam Wainwright is going to have a job in the national media when he retires. He is going to be on the call once a week for some national game, whether it's Fox, TBS, ESPN, he's going to be the top color commentator. Right. I wonder if his work there is going to maybe get him a uh, get him that possibility, uh, get him the possibility of getting more oh, votes. Broadcaster's
2: wing. For no, 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 no,
0: no, no, no. No, I'm talking about he is going to be so likable of a guy that we see on TV each and every week. That if that if that is going to help his oh. vote total, that hey, this guy was a hell of a pitcher, also a hell of a broadcaster. Let's you know we're gonna we're gonna keep giving him votes.
2: I don't think the if he if he was to ever get in, I don't think it's gonna be the media vote that does it. I'm I, not. I what do you mean? I think it'd be the veterans committee.
0: I don't know. It's. It's, you know, it's a debate that hopefully you and I are, are having five, six years from now when it, uh, so. when it comes time to, uh, to that. It means that we got some longevity in our, our jobs as well. Um, but, yeah, though the, having, you know, and, and I wonder, too, if the, if the thought is also, you know what, instead of putting them in now, you know, we could put them in later and have a whole weekend celebration and sell out the stadium for, a, uh, for, for two weekends, you know, years down the line.
2: <laughs> I'm sure there's that too.
0: <laughs> because that was, I mean, they signed Albert Pools for $2.5 yeah, $2. Yeah. million. Dollars. Could you, ima- can you imagine how much they have made in ticket sales and, and merchandise from oh, Albert off of that $2.5 yeah. million? A ton. Right. Probably 50 times that. Right absolutely
2: a fantastic return on investment without question (laughs) yeah now they're in the postseason with him being a key cog in the lineup
0: yeah it's
2: crazy that's
0: yeah that I, i think yeah when you when you look at all those things yeah i think you you look at it and you can you can kind of start looking at at dates you can kind of start looking five years from now when they're going it's you know as soon as yachty and albert come in do they do they do the same weekend Do they split it two different weekends? it. They milk it for everything it's worth. Do do you do it that way? Yeah.
2: Uh, Albert, unanimous Hall of Famer? (sighs) 700 home runs. He should be. There's going to be a jackass that
0: won't vote for him. Yadier Molina, unanimous Hall of Famer? No. No, there, there will be people that say that he's not worthy of first ballot. Will, he, if, I will, mean, he, they, will I mean
2: that? I mean there there
0: are ballot. there are jackasses still to this day that just will not that will put it out a blank ballot because they don't think anybody's worthy, and they they should those people should just get theirs taken away from them. But they should, yeah.
2: Do you think Yadier
0: Molina is a first
2: ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, I do too. Was Johnny Bench a first
0: ballot Hall what of are Famer? are you Talking about Johnny Bench, I, I I'm gonna guess Johnny Bench. Got 90 some percent of the vote, Andy. I'm gonna guess. Yeah, Andy, on the first ballot, Johnny Bench had 96.42% of the vote. But I was gonna say, I knew he had some absolutely just absurd number. Yachty will not get 96% of the vote.
2: But Yachty here is a better catcher than Johnny Bench.
0: Yes. Johnny Bench. It-
2: Johnny, is Yadier Molina a better baseball player than Johnny Bench
1: overall? God, that's, uh,
2: I, mean, that's good, I mean, I'm looking,
0: I'm looking, I'm looking at Johnny Bench's numbers right now. Two times, I mean, power hitting, Johnny Bench was a better power hitter. I mean, Wainwright said it in the speech. Yachty and Albert are the two most clutch hitters he's ever played with and seen in his life. Well, and I've seen Yachter Molina not be a clutch hitter too. You can't be clutch ever 100% of the time. I think if you're going to talk about being a clutch hitter and you can sit here and you can count moments, uh, and it takes more than one hand to count the clutch hits that he's had in his career, I don't think you can go back and go, I've seen him not be a clutch hitter. No, I think it is. I don't think you can weigh one on the other.
2: I bring up Johnny Bench because I've, I've I, I always consider Johnny Bench to still be the best catcher of all time, even better than like Pudge. Or yeah, um, I'm just trying to think of some other guys from the Gary Carter from the eighties, um, who I guess Pudge from the nineties, Piazza from the from the nineties. I, mean, Bench. I mean, I think for someone to be the best catcher in baseball for years, I think Yadier has eclipsed Johnny Bench.
0: I get the argument. It's I, a hot, I, yeah, really hot take. But uh, it's, it's, uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I'd say hot take. I mean, it's a, it's a good take.
2: I want to hear take.
0: I don't think it's controversial.
2: Would you ask Rammer and, and Klaibs what they think of that analogy, please? I will. Yeah. Ask Joe West what he thinks of my analogy. Yeah, Joe West loves him
0: some Johnny Bench.
2: Yeah. I'm sure he loves him some Yadier Molina, too.
0: Hey, I, I think he really, really loves Johnny Bench, though. Really? Yeah. I, I would argue, knowing, knowing this man and working with him for the past six months now, I really think Johnny bench might be Joe West's favorite player. Really? Yeah. Likely there are, there are pitchers out there that I think that he, he likes. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, they worked fast. <laughs> so, so appreciated that, huh? Right. Like I think Mark Burley's up there really high on the list for, uh, for Joe. Because he knew that, you know, he knew he'd be getting out of the game. He'd, he wouldn't be there for three hours. Yeah. But I I really get a sense that that Johnny Bench is one of his favorite players of all time.
2: I'm really curious to know what they think of the comparison.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I did. I actually, I texted uh, Joe earlier today. But the thing is, I just, all I did was text him pictures so I didn't get a response from it. I don't know if I am going to get a response from it. I just texted him who the umpire uh the umpire crew was for the Cardinals Philly yeah. series. Just I and I I was hoping maybe he would just respond to me about what he thought of the uh of the crew, but he did not. So that was that was my hope and what I sent to him and yeah. yeah. DJ Rayburn is uh is behind the plate for uh for Game number one. All right, do you, do you, I mean DJ Rayburn is a good name for a uh, for an actual wedding DJ? It is. Up. Hey, DJ Rayburn here. Let's give it up right. for the bride and Vic Carapaza, Mike Muchlinski, Jeff Nelson, the crew chief, Laz Diaz, and John Libka. I don't Those. know any of these umpires anymore. I do. I I see their names and I I know their names. Like where's Doug Harvey? I don't see Doug Harvey on this list. Well, he's dirt napping. Yeah, but I see I see some of the names on here, and I think for the most part though, you know umpires' names if they are not great. Yes, Angel Hernandez. Right. I don't see his name on any playoff. <clears throat> nope. So I, I think that's kind of how. I, I think that's kind of how we look at umpires now. If you see their name, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. But everybody knew who Joe was
2: before uh, before he had his reputation.
0: I think those two kind of went hand in hand. Huh. I think it was a little bit of everything: longevity plus reputation. I mean, he he was around for a real long time. I think
2: he was probably more famous in St. Louis because of him, of his connection to St. Louis and also um, being on with Mike Shannon at live from
0: Shannon's right. All those years. And I mean, he he married a St. Louis gal too. So he yeah. was, he was probably here and hanging out a lot. Yeah. So, and I mean, I mean that's who, knew- you know, national league towns where he was in there, you know, he he umpired for so long only in the national league before. Right, yeah. So, when did they join up? About ninety nine, two
2: thousand.
0: Was two thousand when they when they joined yep. it? In the year two thousand.
2: In the year two thousand.
0: Good job. Good job. That... Yep. Yeah, they they nice. changed it up in the year two
2: thousand.
0: Yes. Yeah, they kind of went back and forth on it. Yep. I got the reference, Joe. Thank you. I was hoping you did. I was hoping I threw it out there. So you would get that reference,
2: Mike Wellington. And, and I
0: like to just throw stuff. Like there was, uh, there, I had a baseball game earlier this fall, and we were at a field that they had a a, a gate that closed on the uh, on the dugout. Uh-huh. Every and you know the kids had to open the gate, open and close the gate to get in and out of the dugout, and coming in from the field, you had to push the gate open to get out. And I had a kid run in and he was trying to pull the gate open and it wasn't moving. And I go, no, push it. I go, push it real good. Yeah. And and he pushed it and he just kept going. And then about three or four parents just kind of looked up and were like, and they, they, they acknowledged it and they, and they, they enjoyed that. And, but I, I think though, they thought I was referencing salt and pepper. in reality, I was uh I was referencing the movie uh the campaign.
1: Ah. It's yeah, a mess. Right. I mean Great I good. was
0: yeah, I was giving I was paying homage to Marty Huggins.
2: Not his wife. His wife's name is Mitzi.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh front of the show I did, have Mike... one, the other,
0: I, did I, I was just one other I did have a uh, the other day I found out so I had a friend in town this uh this weekend so I was hanging out with him and his brother and and come to find out that his uh, his brother's wife is expecting and she's giving you know a list of names of of the uh, of the kid and I was like when do you do and she's like oh March 7th and she's going through names and I I turned and I was like hey if he's born on March 16th I go I think you should name him Austin <laughs> and I just let that hang out there and and the brother got it before uh, before my friend did and he starts yeah I did get them to agree, though. I got them to agree. If their child is eight days late, they will uh, they will name their child Austin.
2: Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. You pretty much get induced. With them. So, I know. i tell you that. Friend, our friend of the show, Mike Wellington, is, uh, is co-hosting our, with our friends over at TMA this week. And uh, he used the word today on the show, strategery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I texted him about it. He goes. I said, "Did you mean to use that?" Because I texted him the 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 meme. He goes, "I use that word all the time." I said, "I do too. It's hilarious." And so I said, "Tomorrow, you need to use the word lockbox." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, referencing
2: twenty referencing twenty year old Saturday Night Live skits.
0: Exactly, which I mean, people people should should be well aware of those uh, of those references.
2: Speaking of friends of the show, Joe, who's on the show this week.
0: And on the show this week, Andy, thank you so much for asking. It is Matt Pauly of KMOX. He does uh, pregame, postgame, hosts sports open line for the uh, for KMOX. Uh, came over kind of midseason. He was doing that same thing over at the Brewers uh, with Milwaukee Brewers, and now comes over and does that for the uh, for the Cardinals. So uh, he is, uh, yeah, he, he uh, will be. Uh, you'll be able to hear him this uh, this weekend. And uh he will uh but he's on the show and I I look forward to having him on a few times hopefully as the Cardinals make a nice postseason run. Uh, it, uh
2: did that mean ass Tom Ackerman just tell you straight up no?
0: I I went straight Matt Matt, I uh I got to know Matt earlier this year as um I found out we have a uh mutual interest in um in professional wrestling. I guess uh, yeah. Uh,
2: to people with mutual interest in wrestling,
0: yeah, cool. and uh, had him on. Um, he he helped promote the uh, the Joe West podcast when we got that started. Oh, cool! And from uh from there, um, we uh, yeah, from from there, when I went to that Brewers game earlier in the year, we met up there, and then he uh he got the job down here, and uh, we have uh, yeah, so. Had him on. He had me on. Uh, I was on Sports Open Line a few weeks ago. So you were. You weren't. You're were on the on the Mighty Mox. I was. Shut up. It's not the first time. Jesus. Like let's not. Now, what what? You're on there often. Not often, but I mean, I kind of want to say. I mean, this is this is at least like the fifth or sixth time I've been on. I think, if not more. With whom? I have been on sports open line at least three or four times with that fraud Raby? I don't think I was ever on with Raby. I think I've been on, I've been on with Ranji when he's filled in. I can't remember if I was ever on with Wheeler. I was on with Pauly Joe pot. I don't think I've been on with, I don't think I've been on with Joe pot. Mike Kelly.
3: I like, I like,
0: no, I like, uh, I I hope I get, I hope I see Joe pot tomorrow uh, down at the ball yard. And then um, their their midday show, I, well, this is a lot of this, I mean, was with Ben Boyd was uh, producing over at KMOX. And, and this was at Super Bowls and All-Star Games. Uh, ben would have me on. And a lot of these times would be Ben, you know, Ben's there with me. Right. And they're like, Ben, we want you on to tell us everything that's going on there. And Ben is like, I don't want to talk. Here, I how about I call you guys and hand the phone to Joe?
2: Yeah. So it's ben, not like
0: they're sitting in production meetings and going, "Who can we get on?" Hey, how about we reach out to Roderick? Uh, no, it was more, "Hey, let's get Ben," and then they reach out to Ben, and Ben's like, "Nope, here, let Joe talk instead." I I bet we can count on one hand
2: how many times Ben Boyd was actually on the air on Camel X. I'm sure. Yes,
0: he was not a talker. No. I tell you what, though, there were when I had interviews. This, uh, when when I had uh, Diplo on at the Super Bowl, yeah, Ben grabbed a microphone to ask him questions. Oh, did he really now? (laughs) Ben was real excited to ask Diplo some
1: questions.
0: (laughs) He was like, "You you okay?" I'm like, Ben, do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. Like, (laughs) do whatever.
2: I'm just the greatest God, And I he's just like, I want
0: I'm want to ask him about that. i go then ask him about it. You, if you need me to lead you up to it, if you just want to ask him it cold, like whatever, go for it. He's but, just passed. Yeah. So yeah, so Matt Pauley and I, we're gonna talk a little, uh we'll talk a little Cardinal baseball one o'clock game tomorrow in St. Louis. All three games this weekend will be here in St. Louis, hopefully. Hopefully, um, we, uh, hopefully it's only two games. I would love it just to win on Friday, win on Saturday and allow me to kind of plan out everything else that I, uh, yeah.
2: do you have accommodations lined up in Atlanta yet? I
0: do. I got a couple friends that live down there. So yeah, you, you're going to, uh, barge in on someone's home. I, I mean, I, I, I think, I think, uh, both of my options are just more than welcome, welcoming, for me and have been in the past and have uh have reached out to me often asking if I will if I will be making it down whenever the Cardinals or anything is in Atlanta. So are these
2: friends or are these like people you know from Super Bowl? Friends. Friends. Oh, okay.
0: Yes. Long-time friends. Like I've known uh have known both of them for uh like 15 12 shit, I think I've yeah, 15-20 years, 25 years I think in one case. So yeah, it's been a long long-time friends. It's weird now that I have
2: friends that I've known for 35 years. Right.
0: <laughs> it just happens as you get older. Like, I've been friends with that guy for eight. Right. That's what I mean. I, you know, when I moved down here when I was 12 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, the friends, the first friends that I made down here, I've been friends with now for 25 years. Awesome. It's insane to think about. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of these days we'll be saying that about friends that we've had for fifty years. Yeah. So, Andy, I believe as we've uh, sat here and we have talked more than enough, I believe, Andy, it is time now to hit the music. And in doing so, we are going to jump right into our NFL NCAA picks for the weekend, Andrew. As uh, we look at the standings first of these uh, of these games, Andy Frank Cusimano he has leapfrogged you and he is now in first place, seventeen and six overall. Andy, seventeen and six.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty big jump. I think I went two and two last
0: week. Yeah, Joe, you had a yeah, big you're... week. You you went four and zero. Oh. I sure did. Sixteen and seven for you, Andy. Sixteen and seven for Reggie Blackwell. Claves uh, and Craig Riggins, 15 and 8 each. And Howard Richards and I, both 14 and 9. So, I, we, you know, I have closed the gap. You you didn't have a great week. I went 4-0. and oh. Boom, closed the gap. Everybody's a lot closer now than we were a, uh, a week ago.
2: Yeah, it's exciting times we live in, Joe. It's going to be a really, really close race all year long, I think.
0: I hope so. I sure hope so. And, Andy, uh, with that being said, we look at our games for this week. I only put three. I only put three up there. For uh, for this week, not a, not a whole lot of great choices. I still, I look at the NFL schedule every week, and I'm still unsure, unsure. of what games to put out there. Yeah, I get, you get, I, I, get. I, I, yeah. yeah. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm not sure who's good, who's bad yet, and what games are going to be closed Okay, so three games, three games on the uh, on the schedule. First up in a surprising game that we're looking at it, that we're talking about, Andy. It's the Horned Frogs from TCU, Texas Christian University. They head to Lawrence, Kansas, to take on the Jayhawks. Uh, I believe
2: the ranked Jayhawks, if I'm not mistaken. 19. They are number 19. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Let's see here, Joe. Uh, Game day will be there The focus will be on Lawrence, Kansas On a day loaded with massive showdowns And the guests will ruin the party Uh, Go against Kansas at your own risk at this point But TCU is playing very well It's not going to screw up to give the Jayhawks a slew of breaks The run defense will hold up And the offense will run enough to control the clock and tempo
0: Joe, I'm going to go with your you see, you
1: frogs.
0: Andy, with college game day being there, that means that uh, Pat McAfee is going to be there. Uh, I love that Pat McAfee as they have brought him into the college game day crew. I think maybe to eventually be the replacement for Lee Corso there on the uh, on the uh, for the entertainment side of things. Yes, the the personality side of things. I I feel that's what uh, what McAfee was brought in for. But again, they are live. It's crazy to think that they are live in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, for college game day. Pretty much. Yeah.
2: Don't think that ever happened.
0: Right. I, it has. To, I, I'm sure it happened before. Right.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Back in 2007, when they were right. Grad.
0: Yeah. What was that, uh, Rensick? or Ren? What was the the quarterback's name? Oh.
2: I can't think of that right
0: now. Hey, you, quarterback. Mangini, I believe Mangini was the name of their coach. Mangino, Todd, looked- Todd Reising. Todd Reising, yes. Todd Reising. Yeah,
2: Mangino yeah. was was the uh, was the coach. Right. All right. So yeah, I'm going TCU. Did you make your pick?
0: i have not yet i uh i, I am going with kansas though they're going to be you know the the game day crew is going to be there the crowd's going to be into it i think they will uh i think they're going to be feeling it on the uh the game and go six and zero on the uh on the year by the way lee corso was not at game day last uh last week was feeling ill and actually missed game day um wow. for uh for that so i i don't know if he will uh if he will be there at all for uh for this weekend. um uh, game but that's uh yeah it's you know he's he's been under some heat i know and i don't know maybe some heat but i know fans have noticed um yeah he hasn't been as on top of his game but i mean he is he is getting up there and i think retirement's on the horizon for uh for lee corso but he will still be entertaining and uh, as, as entertaining as he can be for the remainder of this season. I am uh, sure of it. Andy, next up, Cowboys at Rams. We move straight to the NFL. As I said, only three games on the schedule this week, uh, more on the Rams coming up in crack slippers, but Andy, in this game, who you got?
2: If you predicted that the Dallas Cowboys would be three and one after Dak Prescott and several other players went down with injuries after week one, I hope you put your money on it in Las Vegas. After week one, it truly felt like all hope was lost for this franchise and the 2022 season was going to be a wash. We expect the score to be low in this one, Joe, due to the, due to the uh, two defensive powerhouses on both sidelines. However, sadly, the Rams may just be too powerful for this Cowboy squad. The defense can only do so much and the offense still isn't as strong as needed. Joe, I'm going to go with your. Los Angeles Rams.
0: I um I, I did not say earlier, by the way, I didn't give everyone else's pick. Uh, Frank Cusimano and I are both going to Kansas. Reggie Howard and you all going to TCU. That's who I picks in from. Um, I, you know what? I think Cooper Rush might be a uh, might be a decent NFL quarterback. I think Dak Prescott though he's uh he's elite level, but Cooper Rush, I think he's going to handle his uh, his business and uh, be able to take care of the Rams. I don't think the Rams are that great this year. I think they might get into the playoffs, no, but I don't they're think they're not. that good this year. Uh, they're not, but they can so, beat the Cowboys. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys in this one. Shockingly, Howard Richards he's going with the Rams. You're kidding me! I am. I am very surprised by this. Wow! I know. I'm gonna need to reach out to him, make sure that he, is uh, he uh, ever he's okay with ever or I don't think he ever has. Or you can tune in to huddle up with Howard. It's uh, right there on the uh, on the podcast site, and you can listen. And see why he uh, why he thinks that. Uh, so head on over there. Just look at the Claves Online Podcast. Huddle up with Howard and check it out. And finally, Andy Bengals at Ravens. That is your other uh, NFL game
2: this week. This is almost a must win Week Five game for the Ravens. Joe, who have lost five straight games at home, the Ravens are two and two in the AFC. But this game would give the winning team at least a share of first place in the AFC North. The Bengals will be confident after blowing out the Ravens twice last year. Burrow particularly gets fired up for this matchup after some trash talk last season. The Ravens are the more desperate team, and this time they finished the game. Joey, go with your Baltimore Ravens.
0: Andy, Reggie, Howard, and Frank also go with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens lose to the Bills last week. And uh, even though they've been very – I think this is the game where the Bengals, they, they, beat the, they beat the Dolphins. They've had a long rest. They've had an extended break because that game was last Thursday. I think the Bengals once again prove they are ready to be known as Super Bowl contenders once again. I'm Joe, going with uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yes. You forgot to tell me that it was a Sunday night game of the week.
2: Did not know it was a Sunday night game of the week.
0: Got to tell me. Didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't yeah. have any idea. Didn't know. Hadn't looked that far ahead, Andy. I, I, I have been so busy with other things that I have not. Um, that that I've, football watching. I have. Uh, I've, I've struggled on uh, NFL watching this year. I
2: have to, I've never been at,
0: great with uh, NCAA football watching, but, yeah, I, uh, I I haven't been great with it. Well,
2: the problem, Joe, is that we've had a lot of beautiful weekends, and so everybody's yeah. out and about. It's not cold. It's not shitty. It's not rainy. It's just it's nice so you're not home on Sundays making chili and making sandwiches and just hanging out and just uh, getting fat.
0: That's a good point. That's a really good point. So, As we Hopefully.
2: get into November and get into December, we'll be a lot more – football watching around the old Hanselman household
0: I would think so same uh, same here I mean I, I put on the red zone channel every now and then and uh, I uh but yeah it's it's again I need to I need to find having just not having a favorite team and just kind of following fantasy football on your phone makes it uh makes it a little easier to do And as I say that uh, what's that it does yeah Indy and Denver is your Thursday night game this uh, this week. I don't know if I have anybody in right uh, right now. Did I put Jerry Judy in? I did not put Jerry Judy in, and nope. hopefully that means he doesn't go off. I'm starting Tom Brady over Kyler Murray this week. Mm. All the all the pundits say to do it. Okay. Okay. I, I don't. I I meant to start Judy last week. Luckily, I won both uh, weeks, but. Yeah, could be, uh, could be doing better. Could be doing better. Hey, those are our NFL picks, our uh, NCAA picks. Those are the football picks this week here on Weekend Joe. Hey, we are driven each and every week by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota and Munganass St. Louis Acura 30-time, 30 30-time 30 Acura Precision Team winner, um, just uh, only one in the nation to uh to be the Acura precision team winner for 30 times and they will give you top dollar for your car on trade ins any make any model at Munganas St. Louis Acura 13720 Manchester Road go see our boy Clayton Patterson or Jamie Burkhart out there at man out on Manchester Road uh, today at stlouisacura.com. We take a break and we come back. Matt Pauly will uh will join us. K M O X Cardinal studio host, uh, Sports Open Line host. We uh, will talk a little baseball with him right here on uh, Weekend Joe, uh, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, (laughs) ClavesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on claimsonline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, and hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out, as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even Even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. Hey, back here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura and Munganas Alton Toyota here on KlebesOnline.com. Hey, we are uh, we are just hours away from the 2022 postseason getting underway for the St. Louis Cardinals, and hey, we uh, we need to talk a little Cardinal baseball. So, my guest right now, much like Jose Quintana, kind of came over halfway through the season and is now thrown right into the postseason mix. He is Matt Pauly from Camo X, and he joins us right now. Matt, what's going on?
3: Not much. We uh, just really getting ready for the postseason. Your ride's right, been fun for me. I was uh, in Milwaukee when the year got started. I come to St. Louis, and obviously I'm in a little bit of a better spot right now. <laughs> you still
0: have baseball to talk about out yeah. on the field. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mentioned Jose Quintana earlier today. It was announced that he is the game one starter. You were there when Ali Marmol talked about it. So let's start with the guy that's going to be throwing the first pitch tomorrow. Any surprises at all with uh, Quintana being the one to get the ball?
3: No surprise. I think the only question was, was it going to be Quintana or Michaelis in game one? And it's Quintana and then Michaelis is going to go in game two. For me it was very clear that those two guys were your top two guys and i wouldn't have really been surprised with either of them uh, getting the nod for game one Quintana's just been really good really consistent uh his compete level on every single pitch but just you know think about this think how remarkable it is for his last three months going from a non-competitive situation to joining a team kind of looking at him as rotational depth middle of the rotation kind of guy to now being the number one starter in the postseason for a division winner. It's pretty remarkable what's uh, happened to him in just a few months.
0: And you think about, too, I mean, you know, a guy that he said during his press conference today said, this is why we play baseball, to play in October. When Nolan Arenado, when Paul Goldschmidt, when those guys came over, they came over from just annually bad baseball teams. And they said, even this year, Nolan Arenado said the goal is to win the division. That's that's what we're playing for here. No more, you know, no more wild card, no more playing games. And it shows that when these players come here, that they they turn it on because they know what uh, what it means to play in October or how much it means to them to play in October.
3: Yeah, you know, there are a couple times late in the season, whether they're playing the Pirates or whether they're playing the Reds. I look down, I'm just well, what are the Pirates? What are the Reds thinking when they're sitting there doing play as visitors at Bush Stadium? And people are going crazy and we got all the pools and and you know Wainwright Molina stuff going on and then they got to go back to their place and not even play in front of 10,000 people on any given night it was it was really it's always special in St Louis but it went to a different level here uh, during the final couple months of this regular season just because of everything that was going on for those notable achievements for those individuals and people like Paul Goldschmidt people like Nolan Arenado, got to experience that all while winning the division and now they get to go into postseason play and we know obviously in St. Louis postseason play and the way the fans are going to be it's just going to be even more of what we've seen recently.
0: And then you have a guy like Albert Pujols who for 11 years did that every single year and then for the last decade didn't get the taste at once and now he's back and I mean, his second half has—I think Mo said it—magical for this uh, for this season. That's that's what it's been.
3: I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to get some MVP votes. Not oh, top ten. I think I think yeah. he's
0: going to finish top ten.
3: Yeah, like that's that's ridiculous. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> crazy. There was a point when he was in with the Angels that he was statistically the worst player in Major League Baseball, and now we're talking about a guy. Who was maybe the most consistent hitter in the final month of the season for a division winner? Who got to the seven home runs, uh, seven hundred home runs, when none of us thought really that he was probably gonna get there when the season got started? And he's a guy that when we talk about the recipes for success for the postseason, this guy has to do this, this guy has to do this, so on and so forth. Well, Albert Pujols has to be a big part of this team scoring runs.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think Goldschmidt's going to win it. I think, I think Arenado finishes top five. And I think, I really do think Pujols Holson, I don't know where Tommy Edmond finishes. I don't know if both get into the top 10. If people want to look at the actual metrics, Tommy Edmond should get votes for that top 10. But I do think Albert Pujols gets top 10, no matter what.
3: He he'll, he should get votes. He should get top 10. He's been a top five hitter in the national league since the all-star break without yeah. a doubt. And even when you, yeah, he didn't have a great pre all-star break portion of the season, but when you take his overall you know, body of work and really take a look at the numbers and go beyond just batting average home runs and RBIs. When you look at those numbers a little bit more, you can make the case that he's a top five hitter in the national league for the entire season. And I think tomorrow
0: afternoon, Friday afternoon, even, I mean, our pulse was brought in here to face lefties. That's, that's what he was brought in here to do was to start against lefties, come in late against lefties. We know that the Phillies are throwing two right-handers in the first two games. Albert Poulos is probably going to be in that starting lineup tomorrow deservingly. He earned it.
3: Yeah, that, that's that been confirmed. He is going to be the DH. Yeah. So you're going to see a more standard lineup now. Uh, you know, Cardinals used a ton of lineups during the regular season. I think in a perfect world, they won't quite do that in the postseason. They'll have more of a standard, at least a standard righty lineup and a standard lefty lineup. But yeah, Albert Poulos is going to be the DH in those first two uh, postseason games. Without a doubt, he is part of the everyday lineup for the Cardinals.
0: Now, you say standard lineup. Uh, what? What did they go one through nine? Did he? No, kind of they didn't. Through? Okay, so let's let's talk about this lineup construction because this is something that Rammer and I have been talking about yeah. uh, here recently. Because we saw down the stretch, we saw Ali Marmol bat Albert Pujols second. Which before that even happened, I had joked about hey, do you bat him leadoff and get him as many at-bats as possible? And they they put him second to get him those at-bats. Now, I don't know if you bat Albert second in the postseason, but do you go Goldschmidt, Pujols, R, and I mean, do you go with Goldschmidt back into that two spot with the way this lineup's been constructed lately and not really knowing who your top guys are at the uh, at the top there?
3: I still like those guys going three, four, five. Uh, I like Goldschmidt and Arnato being next to each other because – those are two MVP caliber bats that are you, – you can't, you can't pitch around one of them when they're right next to each other. I think that's something – and it always feels like they're coming back up. Again, going back to my time in Milwaukee and watching the Brewers play the Cardinals, it always felt like with those two guys, hey, they're, they're, weren't they just up last inning? Weren't they just up the inning before? <laughs> um, so, no, you're not – I don't think you're going to bat pull us in the two spot. They were doing that largely because – especially against left handers so he could get more at bats, uh, whether he's in the five spot or maybe even in the six spot. Uh, we'll see, but for me, Goldschmidt and Arnado are your, your three, four hitters without a doubt.
0: And that kind of brings up you know another guy that we've seen have a really good second half of the season. Who I also imagine is going to be in the lineup both games one and two, and that's Corey Dickerson, a guy that I, I think injuries are what kept him on this roster through through the month of July, and then he came back and he too, much like I mean, he has earned himself a starting spot right now in this Cardinal lineup.
3: Yeah, he went through that cold spell, and then he broke out of that with the uh, what was the grand slam against Pittsburgh, if I remember correctly. Um, I like Corey Dickerson. The thing that does scare me about him is when he goes cold, he goes really cold, and it lasts for a while. The other side of that is when he's hot, he's really hot. Obviously, mm-hmm. we saw the streak of getting you know hit after hit after hit. I like Dickerson. I think there's a lot of options in the outfield. Uh, obviously, what Lars Nootbaar has done in the second half—that's—he's probably somebody that we're not talking about enough, quite honestly, because I think his performance in the second half of the season has been another big reason. The you know it's all about roster lineup depth. You you it mm. can't just the the problem with the Cardinals in the first half of the season was it was Arnado and Goldschmidt and not a whole lot else. And then you get into the second half season uh, and you start seeing the contributions from a Lars Nootbaar, from a Brendan Donovan, from a Tommy Edman, from all those guys and obviously Albert Pulis as well. And that's what really, I think, changed this team. So there's a lot of different choices that they have to make, and there's a lot of depth in the outfield. Uh, So, yeah, it's going to be fun to see what it looks like one through nine when uh, when they get that thing going.
0: And Mo has come out and said that the rosters will be finalized by this evening. They don't need to do it until tomorrow morning, but he's going to have things finalized by tonight. I think the one guy that everyone's going to be looking at is Paul DeYoung and if his name is on that roster was anything mentioned about him Thursday afternoon
3: no nothing was and he's for me he just hasn't hit well enough for me to really want to see him on that roster but then on the other side of it well who are you putting in his place like I know a lot of people are still very high on Nolan Gorman I think he's gonna be a really really good player but he went into a really bad slump with the Cardinals, and then that slump absolutely continued when he got to Triple A Memphis. So he hasn't hit for the better part of the last six weeks, really, at the big league level or the minor league level. I mean, we can we can get into the weeds and say, well, maybe this guy deserves a shot or this guy deserves a shot. So um, if somebody was pushing Paul DeYoung, I don't think he would be on the postseason roster. I just don't know if anybody's pushing him, and it might be he's on the postseason roster almost by default.
0: Yeah, it's. I think that's. I mean, the offensive side of things. You wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the year that you would have this many questions about the offensive side of that postseason roster. But I think you're looking at it now, when you got about three or four guys for about two spots there at the end, and some of that has to do with Tyler O'Neill's injury, and then the other spots are just kind of, all right, how do you fill it at the uh, at the end? But on the on the pitching side, though. I think that is that is more set, I, especially now that, you know, Jojo Romero and Dakota Hudson cannot be on the uh, on the wild card roster or the divisional series roster. So I think that makes things a little more clear on uh, on that side. Uh, but after you get through those games one and two, what do you uh, what are your thoughts on how they go about game three?
3: Yeah, so that's uh, that's a big question. And it probably depends a lot on what happens in games one and two. They did announce today, even though the roster hasn't been announced, they did announce that all five starters were going to be on the roster. So that means Jordan Montgomery and Adam Wainwright are going to be on the roster, uh, along with Jack Flaherty, mm-hmm. even though they are not uh, set. So if you, if you get through games one and two, and if Quintana and Michaelis give you like a standard start, six, seven innings, and then you're able to use your bullpen in a standard kind of way, then you're set up that you can go with, whoever you want in that third game. And to me, it's probably Jordan Montgomery, because I think they really, just based off the things that have been said recently, it feels like they're looking for big time, high leverage moments for Jack Flaherty. And I think we're gonna see him as a true high leverage reliever. Uh, and if they're close games in the first two games, I would expect to see Flaherty used in one of those first two games uh, in that kind of role. And if you know you're gonna get a short outing from him, all of a sudden, you know, he he tops out at 97, well, he can consistently hit 97 if he knows that he's only going to be going in an inning or two or maybe just comes in to get you know out of a, a, a dicey situation. Um, but, yeah, if, if you're in a spot where Quintana gives you two innings and you're stuck in a situation where you're bringing a Wainwright or you're bringing in a Montgomery early on to just try to save yourself in one of those first two games, then what happens in game number three? I have no idea. Yeah. And, and I guess on
0: the other side, I have not seen anything come through yet from any press uh, press conferences are, are were the Phillies there, were the Phillies down at Bush stadium today, just not available to
3: the media yet. Uh, they did a media session later in the afternoon. Uh, actually it's going on as we're speaking right now. So um, yeah, I do. I, I know they're there and doing a media session. I don't know what's being said.
0: I um, I, you know, this is something I, I noticed yesterday and I, um it's, it surprised me, but it is, you know, it makes sense when you look at how kind of wacky the end of the season was for so many teams. I mean, the Cardinals playing the Pirates six times. That's, you know, you, you, that never happens. And it only happened because of the way the schedule had to be adjusted this year, but the Phillies have not been home. They have not been in Philadelphia since September 25th. Hmm. So if they make it to Sunday's game, that will be two full weeks of them being on the road, playing out of, you know, sleeping in hotels, playing out of their suitcases, what have you. And that's, you know, yeah, these guys are used to it, but that's something that catches up with, uh, that can catch up with you
3: at at a certain amount of time. We all want to sleep in our own beds. You know, yeah, they're staying in nice hotels, they're sleeping on nice beds, they're eating nice food. They're not at their home. They may not be with their families. They've been on lots of planes, they're on a bus every day going to the ballpark. There's just a lot of things that kind of take it out of you. And it's not the end of you, but it takes, you know, little pieces, little chips out of you. You just know how tired are you when you get home from a vacation. A vacation is is one of the greatest things that you can do, but you're tired when you get home from a vacation. It is tiring to travel.
0: And that too, I mean, you know, even if they, they do make it past the Cardinals, they don't get to go home after this either. So, <laughs> It's another four days after that too. And at some point, maybe they just give up and they say, "Whatever, we're done." All right. I want to see my <laughs> wife again? <laughs> and maybe you know what? Maybe maybe some of them have young kids at home, and they're just real happy. They're get, getting some sleep at night too. We we have to we have to do our research into that. That's the way it is
3: with the Cardinals, with all the newborns. What, five, is it five players who have uh, kids? Is it that many kids? now? Is it, it's four or five? It's a, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's sleep. So yeah, stay in the hotels down by St. Louis. That's uh, just walk across the street to the ballpark and get your uh, get your sleep. What are as you look at this Phillies team? It's been a while since the Cardinals have seen them. What uh, what are some of the things that you are really focusing on as far as um, you know when you kind of get into the pregame show and and everything else tomorrow?
3: Yeah, for me, there's two big keys. Uh, first off, when you're facing Nola and you're facing Wheeler, try to get them out early because those two guys are really good pitchers and they're going to cause issues. It's not easy to score runs against them, but the Phillies do not have a great bullpen. So if you can run them, if you can take uh, a lot of pitches, force them into uh, some work and get them out early, I think that goes a long way towards winning. And the other thing is just keep keep Schwarber and Harper in the ballpark. That's another thing with Quintana. Quintana's given up one home run as a Cardinal. Keep those two guys in the ballpark, and that goes a long way towards the Phillies not scoring runs.
0: That's right. I mean, the first time through, they did not see uh, they didn't see Bryce Harper. The, the first time through. So we'll see how they uh, how they go about pitching them. We know Stephen Matz and uh, and Zach Thompson are both going to be on that roster too. and the uh, I you know those are guys that you you, you know, we'll we'll see how good they are at being lefty specialists,
3: I guess. Yeah, and you know Mats is interesting because he can be used in that role, but also he's he's been a starter. So if you do have a game where your starter doesn't go deep, you get three innings out of a starter. Do you feel like you can go get two or three innings from Matts to kind of get the game back on track? Hey, it's good to have those type of pieces there that you can use in so many different ways. This is a roster that's got both from a pitching standpoint and from a hitting standpoint, there's a lot of flexibility, and that's big in the postseason. How, uh,
0: how, how are you feeling going into this uh, series? you feeling pretty confident in the Cardinals uh, going on to the next round?
3: Yeah, I think the Cardinals win. Playing at home is a big thing. They played so well at home. Um, they, they were able to set themselves up. Because they clinched the division so early, so guys got rested, nobody's tired. Uh, some of the you know guys at the back end of the bench got a few more at bats than they normally would have, so maybe that helps them be a little bit sharp. Um, would have you liked to have seen the Cardinals score a few more runs in the final two weeks of this? Sure, like we can't argue that the 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 offense has been inconsistent recently, but I'm not overly worried about that right now, and I do think the Cardinals win this series. We will
0: uh, see how it plays out tomorrow, one o'clock or Friday, one o'clock is the uh, is game one. Those shadows are going to come into play late in the game. We, uh, the shadows. we those shadows. We saw them at the uh, we saw them in that Sunday game. We saw them. They got a little preview of those in the Sunday game against the uh, the Pirates the other day. Those get a lead early and then uh, you don't have to worry about
3: seeing the ball and hitting the ball late in the game. The national TV broadcast, it's like in mean, the postseason. it's like, you know, cause there's all these day games. It's like these broadcasters have never seen shadows before because all of a sudden all they talk about for the better part of two hours is the shadows. It's, you know, but it, it
0: seems to always play a major factor a, a, at least at Bush. It really, I mean, when it gets to be about three 30 in October, it, those, those shadows really do play a, uh, play a role. Yeah, they do. I mean, it, it, obviously it's,
3: it becomes a lot more challenging to hit because of the lighting situation, um, but it is funny how that always becomes a storyline.
0: He is Matt Pauly. You can catch him uh, pregame, postgame. You guys have all sorts of stuff planned for the uh, for the postseason. Over on uh, on KMOX, I know Danny Max joining your crew. I know Claves has told me about all the other stuff that you guys have planned for all of your shows, and uh, you guys do it the right way over there. Um, and, and you know what? It's because the uh, they've had a lot of practice over there on how yes. to do uh, postseason coverage. <laughs>
3: it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited to have Dan McLaughlin part of the broadcast. They're gonna he's gonna be doing some play by play, and also there's gonna be some roundtable segments with him, along with Claves and also uh, John Rooney and Ricky Horton where those four are going to just be talking baseball for a couple segments during the pregame show. So it's going to be really, really fun, and we encourage people to listen in.
0: He is Matt Pauly, and uh, hey, hopefully, we have a a, a, a few other times to talk with you this month. That means the Cardinals are going to go a a long way. You can hear him on KMOX, and this has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and and Munganass Alton Toyota here on clavesonline.com.
3: From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal, Center, and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community.
0: Final segment here, Weekend Joe, driven by Ass St. Louis Acura, Mugganass Alton, Toyota. You just heard Matt Pauley join us there, talk a little Cardinal baseball, fun chat with him. And uh, hey, as long as the Cardinals keep playing, we'll keep having Matt on. Here in the month of October. Um, uh, hey, by the way, plenty of, uh, of coverage all postseason long here on Claves Online Cardinals uh, coverage all postseason long. So make sure that you, uh, you you're subscribed on the YouTube page. You're subscribed on uh, on the, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure you are uh, you are ready and uh, ready to go whenever we drop new episodes and new Cardinals content here on claves on andy um man we got some good ones today i am um, very happy with our batch of uh of stories so if you would get us ready for some crack slippers
2: joe some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news we picked those stories up here on weekend joe these are the
0: crack slippers with joe roderick on claves andy first off I, I mentioned that i had a a ram story. For you. Um, yes. And uh I, I don't know if you saw this or or not. A, a fan ran onto the field during the Rams 49ers game. Saw this. Didn't see it. Yeah. Had uh had pink smoke running after uh around them and was eluding all of the security. Rams linebacker Bobby Wagner laid the guy out, took care of business, Joe. Yep, had a little help from Takerist McKinley, and uh, they, uh, you know, they they helped uh, apprehend this uh, this guy.
2: Well, he Andy, was trespassing,
0: Joe. He was trespassing. They tell you at the beginning of the game, hey, you run on the field, you're going to be arrested for trespassing. Yes, they do tell you that. Yeah, they also tell the players to not not do that. Right. But Andy. The gentleman that was out there running around is now pressing charges on, uh, on um, Bobby, uh, Bobby Wagner. Shut up. Yep.
2: I didn't know that part.
0: Yep. He filed a police report against Bobby Wagner. Dude, get a life. Right. Just, yeah. According to TMZ, the individual is an activist for the Berkeley, California-based animal rights group Direct Action Everywhere. Was trying, Andy. They were trying to. I, I thought it was a gender reveal gone bad.
2: I thought so. I thought it was
0: too. Andy, he was trying to raise awareness for a trial involving the alleged theft of pigs from a factory farm. No, Wagner what? said again on Wednesday he said, You don't know what a person has in their hands or their pockets when they're on the field. I mean, pretty much. Could have a gun, could have a yep, knife, yep. didn't go through security. Right. So Andy, that yeah. person is pressing charges. I have a feeling that uh that case will not make it very far.
2: No, no, it's gonna probably get dismissed.
0: Right. It might raise the awareness they're looking for. It might. I mean that people now know what they were doing on the field. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was the uh the, the reason for it.
2: Very well, could be, Joe.
0: Andy, last week on the uh, on the show, was it last week? We talked about the uh, we talked <laughs> about the the story that is rocking the world right now, that is the uh, the chess cheating scandal.
2: Yes, the chess cheating scandal. Yes, right with the uh, vibrating balls in the or uh, balls in the anal cavity.
0: You're right. Yes, thank you for for putting it the way that you did. Yes, Andy. There's another scandal in the sporting world. don't say don't so, say it, so uh. say it ain't so, Joe. <laughs> Andy, this has uh, this happened in Ohio. Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky. Andy, they have been accused of cheating in a Lake Erie walleye trail event heard about this Joe Andy they were caught because they placed at least 8 pounds of lead waste weights, weights and partial fish fillets in the stomachs of fish that they had caught and then weighed in Joe those guys said that
2: that they didn't do that they said that those were old fish and that those fish ate those things off the bottom of the pond
0: yeah the real story actually starts more than a year prior out of nowhere, the team started dominating walleye tournaments everywhere. And the walleye community, they were taking notice.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah. The walleye community was like, where are these two young guns coming from? Yeah. I had Some of the smoke from the story, it came from fellow competitors, not believing that the fish weighed what they did just by looking at them. When you've been involved in the game for that long, Andy, you can look at a fish and you can tell it down to the ounce what that fish is. Joe, do you ever go to your local
2: butcher shop and you ask for a pound of ground beef? You know what they pull out of there like without really looking, and they put it on top of the scale? Yeah, yeah. yep.
0: A pound of ground beef. They know exactly yep, yep. what it looks like. Yeah, back in the day, they'd put their thumb on the scale and they'd rip you off. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, at first, many outsiders just thought it was jealousy, right? But it came to a point where formal protests were being filed. Lie detectors were being required as a result. And then, Andy, just the other uh, last week in Cleveland, Ohio, the final event of the Lake Erie Walleye Trail season to win coveted Angler of the Year. Along with side pots, contingency dollars, cash prizes, well over $20,000 in the pot. Wow, big money, big money. Yeah. The two-day tournament was shortened to a one-day shootout. Less than favorable conditions. Several anglers hovered around waiting to see what the two alleged cheaters would have on such a tough day of fishing. Tough enough that most didn't even have uh, you know, didn't even get their five fish limit. When the anglers saw their fish, they didn't think anything of it. They were average size, but then they got on the scale. 30 plus pounds of fish. Andy, the crowd booed. No. And suspicions ran wild. The tournament director asked the alleged cheaters to stay uh, next to the stage for pictures and then grabbed the fish and he knew something wasn't right. Took out his knife, cut open the fish and quickly produced lead weights, walleye fillets, even a pair of scissors found in the belly. No. Yep. Wow. What a bunch of losers. If you see the reason- video of this, I have. It's I mean, quite- the video of this is just shocking because it's not like they just put in something small and no. think they could get away with. It. I mean, Andy, I- I'm looking here in the basket. They put it in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten lead weights. Yeah. Ten of them. It's ballsy. It, it, is. it is.
2: And no integrity. What a loser. What right. What a couple of losers. Seriously. Andy, Fisherman, their fishing
0: careers are over.
2: Well, yeah, those fishermen take that shit seriously, just like cheating at golf, man. I mean, if you cheat at golf, I'm done with you. I don't want to right. screw you.
0: Yeah.
3: Whether no, absolutely. Or not.
0: Same deal. I mean, more if you're playing for money. Like, if you're just out there and you just you know want to kick your ball around and go, whatever, what what the hell, do whatever you want. I don't care. But, yeah, that's when true. you're playing for money and you're starting to screw people over, that's – If you
2: cheat then, if you cheat
0: on just screwing around, you're going to cheat when you're
2: playing for money too.
0: Right. Andy, if I'm if I'm golfing with you and I'm kicking my ball closer to the hole, it's because I just want to get that hole over with and move on I, to the I next one. I know
2: you won't. Yeah, I know you won't actually. I would never play you for money anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I'm smart enough to where I would never play for money. And uh, you would
2: probably leave before before I could collect.
0: Andy, if I'm playing for money, I, I think that's uh that that's a mistake on my part. We need to we we there's more questions if I'm agreeing to play for money i <laughs> love it all right so yeah that's that that's
2: that needs to come up first yeah like Joe, what do, you, what do you what do you mean you want to play
0: for money oh okay. right okay okie dokie yeah some, something else is going on there right either i found a way to cheat without you noticing or i i there's something i got some issues going on in my head
2: right pretty much although i suck now you
0: probably could beat me that's not andy i have not golfed in three years you can beat me. I, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> don't think it is. See, now you're goading me into trying to play for money just so you can take my money from me. I see your game. Yeah, I'll play for 20 bucks a hole, Joe,
2: straight <laughs> up. <laughs> well, okay, you said you suck now. Yeah, I'm really not good.
0: <laughs> Definitely want to play for 20 bucks a hole. Uh, Andy, I, I, I have not played in so long. I've given away all of my golf balls. Oh, have you really? Wow. Well, lucky it for wasn't you, so, Andy. Andy, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. I had told a friend, like, "Hey, yeah, you know, if you, I, I got a big bucket of them. If you want to come by and grab a box, you can have it." I don't play, and I think he misheard me and he took the entire like oh. whatever like hundred golf balls I had. I was gonna let him have like a box of twenty.
2: I have a couple and hundred. He, I have a couple <laughs> hundred in a
0: shag bag. Yeah, and he just took them all, and I was like. eh. And that was—I mean—it's not like I've—I've I've had a need for them or anything since.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> Too funny. That's right, uh, Andy. Hey, that is going to wrap up our show for today. What big plans do you have this weekend?
2: It's wedding season, Joe. I have a wedding on Saturday. I think I'm going to try and play play a little golf on Sunday. It's supposed to be gorgeous. So,
0: Andy, do you, have you ever been asked to do like a homecoming, a high school dance?
2: I have done high school dances before. Uh, yeah, they're they're not my forte. Right. Um, I um, I I'm not hip and cool with the kids. Yeah. yeah. Those are those, are those are tough gigs. Although I, I did do a prom earlier this year and they leave loved it. Leave space for Jesus. Oh yeah, we definitely leave space for Jesus in there. Yeah. Yeah, they I I did, I did that prom up at Quincy and oh, yeah, uh, were, I remember
0: that. I was class. just about to say I think it would be funny to watch you like do a school dance. But then I thought in my head how creepy that would sound if I was trying to invite myself to a school dance. So I stopped and I didn't say it. Instead, I just presented if, it that way. If you just way. want to
2: a school dance, we can, I can make that happen.
0: <laughs> I realized the creepiness of it. And I said, no, do not say those words. Well, you can do it if you want to. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. Andy, have a great weekend. Uh, and no. we will talk to you next week, hopefully, uh, coming back from Atlanta up two games to none on those Braves. Uh, he is Andy Hanselman. I'm Joe Roderick. This has been another edition of Weekend Joe, driven by Mugganat St. Louis Acura, Mugganat Salton Toyota. And we are right here on clabsonline.com.
1: St. Louis' Acura has an unbeatable selection of new cars arriving daily, like the all-new 2023 Acura Integra. We also have a great selection of over 200 pre-owned and factory precision courtesy vehicles with finance rates as low as 1.9% for 36 months with approved credit. And we've added Saturday service hours to our newly renovated service facility. Don't forget, we'll buy your vehicle here at our dealership or from the convenience of your home. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.